Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. Benjamin Franklin. You're now listening to Carolina Conservative. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Conservative, formerly known as the Matt Gore Podcast, where we will explore the current political environment in America with a focus on North Carolina. Now let's get to the show. Eric Earhart is from Gatesville, North Carolina. He is running for U.S. House in North Carolina's 3rd District. He's a veteran, a pastor, and an author. Eric, welcome to Carolina Conservative. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Glad you can make it on with us. Eric, for those <laughs> who, who don't know who you are, uh, give us a quick biography of yourself and, and why you decided to run for Congress. Yeah, happy to. Thanks for asking the question. So um, I am a fourth generation on my mother's side, third generation on my dad's side, commercial fisherman, commercial waterman, grew up on the coast all my life. Till I joined the Army in 19, October 85, I don't really think I lived more than a mile from the ocean. So um, eastern North Carolina, the seafood industry was really home. Five years old, out on scallop boats with my dad and uh, you know, it was a good life and it was a hard life, hard men, hardworking men, hard drinking men, hard fighting men. But but as a kid, it was really just a good life. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I grew up with a little bit of difficulty, had some uh, dysfunction there. We uh, often would live without water, or electricity as things would be difficult at home. And so that that really formed me and uh, forged me early on uh, as a young man. I joined the army to try to get away and 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 get my life together. But I had some difficulties, to be honest with you. And, and in that journey, I uh, found Jesus Christ, or should I say he found me because I was the one lost, not him, right. and uh, transformed my life. And I began this whole new traje- trajectory where uh, I became a husband, a father of six beautiful children, a pastor. Like That just blew my mind. Uh, I thought for sure that I was just going to go back and run a shrimp boat and and be a good man and a good husband and father, but got called into the ministry. And so for the last 22 years, I've been pastoring. I'm the founding pastor of the church I'm at. It's called Upper Room Assembly, Gatesville, North Carolina. Uh, I'm also the founder and former owner of Hooker Seafood Company in Manio, North Carolina. And I'm the founder and current owner of Emancipation Project, a reintegration and recovery ministry. Uh, really, it's uh, my, my part of that is, is that I do consulting with churches, denominations, and organizations on how to help those who are reintegrating into society and going through recovery. Yes, that's a a little snapshot of who I am. All right, great. And that's definitely a worthy cause. Um, So what are the key, what do you think is the number one issue facing District 3 locally? Uh, locally, um, it's the economy, obviously, uh, like what do they, what do they always say? It's the economy stupid. And, um, so I think all of our politicians need to hear that. Right. 
Um, and not towards you, my friend, the, that our Washington needs to hear that. Uh, it's always about how can we live our lives here? Um, you know, that what's the, the preamble there, right? That a whole preamble of our constitution is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So um, right now we have so many things causing a dysfunctional economy. It's really hard to unwind in just a couple of minutes, but let's just say this, that, that number one, we need to seal our border uh, seal all the, uh, the the demonic drugs, the garbage that's coming across, uh, this, so we can control our labor market. Uh, we need to deregulate, uh, and so that we can get our industries flowing. Uh, and I would like to see, personally, uh, as someone who's a generational commercial fisherman, I would like to see the commercial fishing industry deregulated a little bit, and so we can get the next generation of fishermen out there on the water. Yeah, I, I, um, I've heard, you know, I'm not a fisherman, but I know fishermen and, uh, I, I, I know it's a challenge, um, to maintain that business in this economy. Yeah. My brother is actually a scallop boat captain right now. Uh, three of my four male cousins are still running boats, uh, uh, scallop boat, clam, shrimp, and oyster boat. So yeah, it's, it's in, we, it's real to us and, uh, it's real to North Carolina. You know, uh, the third congressional district covers 90 percent of North Carolina's uh, coastland and seafood. Oh, wow. Um, so what what other issues do you think, um, you know, number one, facing America as a whole, do you think is the, the most important issue right now? Uh, well, man, um, I, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. The number one issue we face as a nation is that we have a, um, a, an organization, a group, a party, I don't know what really how to say this, a, a movement that wants to deconstruct our nation with CRT. It's Marxism. Look, I, I, uh, all I'm about to say next is predicated on this, that, that uh, John Locke uh, and Karl Marx over, over time saw the same human condition and the same problem. Uh, they simply came up with different answers to those problems. Mm -hmm. One came up with individual liberty and freedom and a free market system. And the other one came up with uh, control, um, uh, tyranny, um, you know, the, uh, the, the answer to the same problem. So we face the same problem now. Nothing's new under the sun. So the problems we're facing right now are ones where the human condition, our founders understood they were, if you, I don't know how theologically you're, uh, you know about these kind of debates within Christendom, but our founders were raised in what's called reform theology, which really emphasizes the sinful state of man. Mm -hmm. So they, this is why they formed our government the way they did, right? These checks and balances because humans always tend towards tyranny. The Absolutely. more power you give them, the more tyrannical they get. Uh, and so uh, we, we have these two world diametrically opposed worldviews in our society right now. One says that God made man and the other one says that man made God. And these people that believe that they made God they want to control your life. They want to control your children. And they believe if you had just let them engineer your children and engineer the economy and engineer, look, they want to control everything. So, so at the heart, it's always a philosophical uh, existential battle. And that's what we face. And so every generation, this is why I, as a pastor, after 20, over two decades with six beautiful children and wife, I have a good life. It's like I could have easily just kept yelling at the television. Uh -huh. But the reality is that is when when my children stand over my box and I'm, I'm, I'm they're looking at my. By the dad, I want them to be able to say he stood up for everything he believed in 
and he fought for us. So it's an existential battle, and that's what we're fighting right now against the tyrannical forces that don't believe you and I are, should be free under God to love God and to love our neighbor. And so that's that's the number one issue we face in America. And uh, what you just said leads into my next question perfectly. Um, you know, our children are under attack. You know, academia has been, yeah. you know, infiltrated from, you know, from the collegiate yeah. level for a long time. But now we're, we're going all the way down to kindergarten now uh, from social media to, to entertainment industries like Disney um, and unfortunately yeah. our yeah. public schools. Yeah. So what what can we do to protect our children from woke CRT LGBT indoctrination? Well, I, I, I'm about to say, I'm going to pass the plate here in a minute for you, Matt. You have to say an amen. Over here. <laughs> look, 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 the, the reality is, my friend, you said you said something. I'm going to push back on just a hair, if you don't mind. Yeah. And that's unfortunately our public schools. That's not unfortunate. That's a plan, and right. it's always been the plan. Right. Look, the the, uh, the you know the the Stokes monkey trial uh, started in the public school, right? This isn't new, mm-hmm. and, and so um, uh, the reality is their plan has always been to use the public school system to indoctrinate your children, and 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 that is the battleground. And this is why we see mama bears everywhere standing up. Look, mm-hmm. the front line of the culture war is the school board right now, and all of us know it. All of us know it. Right. So all those other things flow out. The only reason Disney, because they believe that that media has their back. They believe that the teachers union has their back. They believe that the LGBT three, two, four, six, nine, whatever (laughs) has their back. Right. So so they're only able to do these things because the underlying systems right now support the, 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 the wretched demonic garbage that are trying to push on our, our children. So that's the, the reality is, is, it's in the public school. That is the very incubator of this system and of this uh, this garbage they're pushing. And so right now, um, I, I believe we're going to see, I, not only are we going to see a red tsunami in November, but we're going to see politicians start waking up to the fact, look, it got so bad. This is so real to them, to our opposition, to the leftists, to the progressives. It's so real to them that they are trying to unleash the FBI on mama bears at school boards. That tells you all you need to know about where the real battleground lies. Yes. And and number one, I appreciate your pushback um, on, on the word unfortunate. Uh, I guess what I mean by that is unfortunately most children are going to public schools and they are yes, going to be yes, hit with this over the head day in and day out. And at least 60 um, million across America. Yes. Sir. Yeah. And, and, and what you said about the school board too, I agree. The board of education is the most important election in each County in this country right now. They're using the FBI as a weapon against, you know, domestic terrorists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, we're, we're domestic terrorists. One of, right? one of my positions is, if you don't mind, I, mm-hmm. I, I, one of my positions on this is that we need to abolish the FISA court, right? Uh, yes. This, the, the, this, the, re, the not only, uh, so I heard a statistic the other day and I talked to a federal prosecutor at one of my events uh, recently in Onslow County. And she, she, she told me it was true. 92% of all warrants in FISA are against American citizens. 1% are against terror suspects. 1%. So why in the world, in a, in a Republican form of government, in a, in a democracy, why do we have a secret court? That's insanity. Uh, as we all know, this secret court got used against the sitting president. Right. right? So, so this is this is garbage. We need to hold FBI accountable at the very top echelons. And when I, 
I'm not just talking about the appointed people. I'm talking about all these bureaucrats all the way down to the second and third tier that are, that are, uh, are participating in this garbage, right? So, so the Patriot needs to be repealed. FISA court needs to be abolished. And the FBI, the CIA, and NSA needs to be held accountable for what they're doing to American citizens. Yes, I totally agree with that. Um, so now moving on, um, what are what are some other key issues um, as as part of your platform? So uh, we already touched on it, but I'm going to go ahead and I'll, we'll nail this one down a little better. And that's the border, uh-huh. uh, my friend. When I joined the army in 1985, I remember back then I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington. There's like 24,000 of us there in Seattle. And I, I remember asking this young sergeant, I was 18 years old, and I asked this young sergeant, who was about 25, and uh, I thought he was an old dude at the time. And I said, hey, Sarge, I said, why are um, 25,000 of us in Seattle? I said, are the Vancouverans coming after us? Or, <laughs> you know, what's going on here? And uh, I said, why aren't we? Because, I, I, you know, I, I told you, uh, and people can Google my name and you can find a set. I've been on the 700 Club. I've been on Daystar. In the, in the church world, I've, I've, I, you know, I've, God has really used my testimony in some powerful ways. So my story's out there, and I won't, I won't really go into it here, but it's easy to find. And, and uh, I think you'll appreciate, uh, your viewers will appreciate, listeners will appreciate what uh, my background is and where, where I've come from and the variety of experience I've had. But anyway, so I knew at that time, all the way back in 85, that 90% of our illegal drugs flow across our border. And there was all this talk back then. If you remember then, there was, uh, we had in the 90s, they had the, the crime bill, Joe Biden pushed and stuff. And, and they were going after crack cocaine and everything, this war on drugs. Mm-hmm. But really, it became a war on American citizens and a war on American communities. But it never stopped the source. So the reality is the first thing we need to do is hold the budget hostage until we build the wall. And you can call it whatever you want. Call it a fence. Call it barrier. Call it whatever you want. But until we build the stinking wall. Let's hold the budget hostage because we are not a sovereign nation if we cannot even stop the garbage flowing across our southern border. We are not sovereign. And, and look, I, I, you, look we, you remember Air America, the movie back in the 80s with Mel Gibson. Uh, we remember back in the 80s during the Contra War, the CIA got caught not once but twice flying cocaine after delivering guns to Nicaragua. Right? We, there's videos all over the Internet of American soldiers guarding opium fields in Afghanistan for the warlords. That's madness that that what we what what our government pretends they're doing and what they're really doing. And so the first way to shut this flow down. And let me tell you what Sergeant Berg said back then to me. He said, Earhart, he said, neither the Republicans or the Democrats want the border sealed. And so it ain't going to happen. They're just going to talk about it. Right. Well, my friend, I'm tired of talking about it. And I'll go up there and hold that. I'll hold that budget hostage until they seal that border. And then we get to choose who comes over. We get to choose who becomes a part of the United States. We, the American citizens, are first. It's got to be an American first agenda. Totally agree. Many states have, have started to take action on abortion. So, which is a good thing, you know, states are taking action to try to, you know, and then the leftist leftist states are taking the wrong action going the other way, like California, but (laughs) from a national level, how do we end abortion in America? So abortion is murder. Let's just go ahead. You're not making a choice for yourself. You're making a choice to kill someone else that has their own DNA, their own fingerprints, their own personality. They're created by God individually. It's murder. We need to say that. 
Uh, now, I'm going to caveat everything else I'm about to say with this. Uh, my youth pastor, his lovely bride, and her, she had three children and she got pregnant. And two years ago, she chose to have the baby instead of take chemo. They, they, her doctor wept and held her hand and asked her to abort that baby so he could save her life. And she chose not to. Mm -hmm. Now, I know it's only a half a percent of abortions are for the life of the mother. But I do believe there must be a provision for that after watching that woman make that heart-breaking decision to die and leave her husband home with four young children so that, that baby could be born. And I'm, I'm about to start crying now thinking about it. So, so that's real. It is real. I know it's a half a percent, but it's real. Other than that, it's murder. And, and so, fairly, what we have to do is, because uh, this is a state's right issue, basically, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, there, number one, there, there needs to be a federal law that is so restrictive that it pushes it back to the Supreme Court. That's what we can do. Let's get it back before the justices. And let's now, with, with modern technology, let's determine if that is a human being inside of that body. If it is a human being, then they are subject to all the rights of citizenship. They are subject to all the civil rights that any other human being is. So once we can get the Supreme Court to determine that, then it's a no-brainer, right? Then you're not going to be, you can't take the life of another human being. It's called murder. So, so that I, I believe that the, the right path federally is to push such a restrictive bill that it has to automatically go right before the Supreme Court. And let's settle this. Are these humans? And if they're humans, then they're the weakest humans among us, and we must protect them and preserve their lives. Yeah, I, I agree. When that when that new DNA is created, it's it's a human yep. being, and it it is afforded all the rights um, of the U.S. Constitution in my in my mind. And like you said, it is murder. Guess what? In North Carolina, if you're pregnant and you file for um, um, uh, you file for any welfare, you file for any assistance, and you're pregnant. They count that child as already a human being for you. That's right. That's right. And if a pregnant, you know, you know sadder consequences or situation, uh, if a pregnant woman is shot or killed, they right. count it as double murder. Yep. Um, Homicide. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to guns. Uh, so yeah. gun, gun rights are definitely <laughs> under attack <laughs> with Joe Biden at the helm. Yes. Uh, so how do we, how do we protect? Yeah. How do we protect? Yeah, through the AFT, ATF, whatever he wants to call it. Yeah, um, yes, sir. Right. So, uh, how? What? What can we do? In my opinion, it's it's time for the right for conservatives to start taking offense a little bit instead of just playing defense all the time. Uh, so, how do we push back and you know gain some of the rights that we've lost? So uh, again, so I'm running for a federal office. So let me talk at the federal level for a minute, and mm -hmm. then. Uh, uh, we can we can uh, we'll go, we'll come down from thirty thousand feet and we'll narrow it down some. So the first thing we need to do is to repeal the nineteen sixty eight Gun Control Act. You understand that took place. It was it was um, pushed by the Democrats after we had the assassination of RFK and Martin Luther King Jr. It was an emotional time, and just like the Sandy Hooks and other things. Uh, they never let a, a good crisis go to waste. Right. It was an emotional time. The Republicans and the NRA refused to push back back in 1968, and it became the most restrictive gun control in American history, far surpassing the 1934 uh, Gun Control Act, the, uh, the NFA, actually called the National Firearms Act of, mm -hmm. of uh, 1934. So if anybody says, well, it's not actually called a gun control act. I got it. I got it. I know. Right. Okay. So um, the 1968 Act, 
is the basis for almost all the things that the ATF does. Now, let me ask you a question. So is alcohol legal? Yes. Is tobacco legal? Yes. Is firearms legal? Yes. Why in the world do we have a federal agency that has anything to do with any of those things? That's insanity. Stop right. it. So right. I would just say, let's just defund. If we're going to do some defunding, let's defund the ATF, right? Uh, because the, the ATF, the federal government, has no business in your business. That's for your own states to determine how you exercise your Second Amendments uh, right there in your state. Uh, the federal government has no business. The only thing the federal government should do is pass a national law that says if you are a concealed carrier in your state, you're a concealed carrier in all 50 states. In other words, the federal government should just simply, uh, you're, you're going to get me going philosophically here. Yeah. You understand that all laws are only supposed to defend your individual liberty, Correct. not restrict them. Yeah. And so that's the whole premise of our government. Now, I want to go down from the 30,000 foot for a minute and go to my house, right? Mm -hmm. My wife carries a Glock 43. I carry a, a, a snub nose 357 Magnum. Um, my children, we have our own range in our backyard. All my kids shoot. They're all, all six of them are trained to shoot. Only one of them, the youngest one, hadn't got a deer yet. And it was because he, he this last season, I, I, I told him, I said, do you see it in the scope, son? He said, yeah. I said, okay. Now, all I said was okay. And after this buck walks off, I said, boy, why didn't you shoot? And he said, well, you never said shoot, Dad. <laughs> and I said, you know what? You got me. <laughs> I never said shoot. Um, anyway, so uh, we, we, I'm not someone who's just going to talk about the Second Amendment. It is part of our life. It is part of our heritage. It's part of who we are, right? Uh, and so I would simply say that as an individual American and as a representative, it, 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 it is going to be a, a regular part of my life. We, it is nothing to find us after church on Sunday on our range behind our house having a good time, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not some this is not some esoteric thing for me. It is part of who I am. Great. Um, and, and yeah, I, I believe, you know, everybody has that right, whether it's if if you want like you, like you want to if 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 you and your wife are caring and and you're training your children uh, in the right way on handle how to handle firearms, that that is great. But then other people, if they don't want to, that's fine too, but you should not that's try to restrict my yeah. rights. Um, right, that's right. They're sheep and they're sheep dogs, right? Right. And if you want sheep, that's okay. We love you. We, you're American, uh, but there's sheep dogs out here that don't want the wolves coming into the pen. That's right. That that's exactly right. Um, so now moving on to um, more of an international um, question. You know everything that's going yes, on in, in in Ukraine with Russia and everything. I feel like we're getting a little too involved. Honestly, I think we're asking for it. Um, what are your thoughts on what, what we've done so far when it comes to Ukraine and what do you think we should do? Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to depart from the party line here for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, cause I'm so sick and tired of the war hawks and the mm -hmm. chicken hawks sending other people to die. Right. Right. And they're all, every single one of them up there in Congress, every single one of them, uh, have some kind of stock, I, and I know I'm exaggerating, um, uh, has stock in Raytheon and um, uh, Boeing and uh, uh, McDonnell Douglas. And so, um, and, and, and I, I, don't, I probably should, shouldn't call her out, but um, one of my darlings in the Congress, a freshman, whom I thought is, uh, uh, she's on fire, she's a pistol, um, even three days before the $13.8 billion uh, Ukrainian arms package was approved, she buys $100,000 worth of stock in McDonnell Douglas, right? 
who's making the missiles that we're about to send over there. That's garbage, dude. That's corruption. I'm tired of it. Anyway, so let's get back to your question on Ukraine. The reality is Donald Trump handled it right. He not only had Putin in check, but he had the NATO forces in check, right? Because mm -hmm. he was America first. And when America deals with America first, when we deal with America first on energy, when we deal with America first on economics, when we deal with America first on trade negotiations, right? That keeps the rest of the world in check. And Putin was not going to move. And, and I, I'll say this, and this is, this is there's, a, there's a faction, and I remember years ago watching this faction that, uh, when as we went into Iraq in 03. There's a faction of the Republican Party that are, are neocons, neoconservatives. And for your listeners, uh, what I would classify as a neocon is someone who's just simply a Republican because they believe in what they call global capitalism, right? Uh, which I call global corporatism. But they don't agree with you on the Second Amendment. They don't agree with you on your uh, religious rights. They don't agree with you on your family values. They're neocons, right? They're not conservatives. Uh, they are simply a globalist, right? And so um, that's what we're dealing with right now. There's a faction of neoconservatives driving the narrative for the Republican Party because everybody gets to make some money. Everybody gets a good soundbite on CNN, and they look like they're doing something. When the reality was uh, we were pushing NATO forces right up on Putin's border. What did you want that man to do? Do you mm -hmm. think if Mexico began to mass more uh, forces on our border, we wouldn't stand up and do something about it? So, so Trump handled it right. He handled it with strong negotiations. He handled it by making sure that econom uh, economically America was so powerful and that our, our, our energy independence made us so independent from Putin's maneuvers that we really get, it was like checkmate. He was stuck and he couldn't move. Uh, so um, uh, my take on Ukraine is this, that the citizens of Ukraine are suffering and they have been invaded. And, and I hope they kick the snot out of Putin and, and kick his soldiers right on back into Russia. But what we're talking about is America here, and we're talking about American politicians. And so the war hawks and the chicken hawks are always willing to make a buck to send your children to die. And they need to ratchet it down. They need to, to, to begin to push negotiations, give Putin a little win, tell him, good boy, you did great, now go home, and, and back this thing down before it becomes World War III. Right. Yeah. And like you said, World War III, we're not dealing with a minor conflict here. If we get in this... I this is, this is it. Um, and what you, is, is, is masked on this man's border. Right, right. And what you said about, uh, you know, Trump dealing with them, you know, America first. When America is strong, the world is safe. Um, and then also, exactly. it is very interesting, like you said, all of a sudden, you know, the, the big uh, defense companies, they needed somewhere... Uh, you know, Afghanistan closed up after 20 years. Afghanistan over, baby. We need to make some money. Now all of a sudden Ukraine opens up. So yeah, it, it is very interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to which Ukraine, uh, the money we're spending there kind of leads into this fiscal responsibility. Yeah, we hear it <laughs> from, from conservatives, Republicans, whoever all the time, I'm going to go there and we're going to be we're going to balance the budget. We're going to be fiscally conservative, but I, right. I don't see much of a difference between R and D when it comes to that. So what, what, what are your, what are your right. thoughts on that? So uh, like you, I'm sick and tired of my thoughts on that. I can't, I can't live my life like that. Mm -mm. You, you, you don't get to live your budget like that. I no. drop my earbud here. Keep up with me a minute here. Um, 
we, we don't get to live our homes and lives like that. We don't, we don't get to spend like drunken sailors. Uh, it's insanity, right? So, so other than the frustration, let's talk about uh, uh, policy-wise, what can we do? The, the, the first thing is I don't know how much we're going to be able to roll this back, but what we can do is we can simply cap some spending to start with, right? Simply cap some spending. These continuing resolutions are silly. I, I, I have been voting in elections since 1986, and, and I don't remember the last time we had an actual budget. Our, our country had an actual budget. That's insanity, right? No business can operate like that. No home can operate like that. So, so the first thing we need to do is cap the spending, just cap all spending, have a moratorium, let's freeze it, begin to then um, divest ourselves. The federal government is the largest employer in America. Yeah, That's a problem right there. Let, yes. How about let's just start reducing the workforce, do away with government service unions, right? Uh, when I was in the Army, when I put on a uniform, I didn't have a union rep, right? I served at the pleasure of the American people and the, and the president of the United States. Uh, so what, what's the deal? If you have a job that has a GS in front of it, why in the world do you have a, a, a union that allows you to resist the will of the American people? If we think the Department of Ed needs to be defunded, you need to go. It's simple as that. You've lost your job. You are simply serving us. Uh, uh, anyway, so I would say cap the budget deregulate to get the engine, the economic engine going again, get our, 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 our uh, energy independence flowing again, get the, get the economic engine going, and let's reduce some, some of the deficit right there. That'll do it. Get the economics moving, get the, uh, the, the spending capped for a little while. That's crazy, crazy spending. Look, uh, COVID spending was off the hook, and they love it, and they don't want to end it. They don't right. want to end these states of emergency. They don't want to end these mandates because they can keep spending like drunken sailors. And I've got nothing against sailors now. I know <laughs> it's in the army, but I got nothing against sailors. So um, the reality is, uh, I don't know how much at this point we can go backwards quickly, but we can cap the spending and unleash, unleash the economic energy of America. And that would at least begin to reduce the deficit some so we can get some physical sanity back in this nation. I agree. We've got, yeah, it's not going to happen quickly, but the tide has got to turn at some point soon, I think, um, or we're going to be in big trouble. Other than, other than what we talked about so far, is there anything else that you want voters to know before the election? Yes, I am personally invested in seeing liberty preserved in this nation for my ch six children. I have six beautiful children. And it is personal to me that, that the, the government can't stick needles in their bodies, can't mask them up and, and make them into robotic weirdos. That we need generations, and every generation has to do this. But, but now's my turn. Now's their daddy's turn. Right. And so uh, generation, every generation has to stand up for liberty. And, and it's my turn right now to stand up and say, uh, if, the, if your listeners— at the third district on May 17th would choose me as their representative. The way they can know I'll go to Washington and fight for their family's freedom because I'm going there to fight for mine. Like you said, it's personal. It's personal. Um, so how can people find out more about you? EricEarhart.com. That's just super simple. Uh, or you can go to uh, Eric Earhart for Congress uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can get me at Eric J. Uh, Earhart on Twitter and Instagram is EJ Hart uh, on and on and on. You like, if you go to my uh, website, you know, the deal it's click, click, click. You can follow me there. 
Go to my YouTube channel, Eric Earhart. Um, and and again, what what one of the beautiful things here is is that I'm an American dream story. I I literally came from trailer trash, broken home, broken life, uh, drugs and alcohol, an early teenage age, uh, no hope for my future. I thought so, and then uh, by something very simple, faith, family, and freedom. I became the American dream and I want to go fight for your American dream as well. The American dream is not dead. No, so, sir. Eric, again, I just want to thank you for being on Carolina conservative today and we will include all your links in the description and put that out. Um, but yeah, again, just, just want to say thank you. I, I really enjoyed this conversation today. Thanks for having me. All right. Good luck in the primaries. Bless you, my friend. If you made it this far into the show, I'm hoping you liked it. If that's the case, please do me a favor and like, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, be sure to find me on social media. My links are in the description. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and God bless America.